Extras. My name is Josh Charles. Uh, Josh Charles, great to have you with us. <laughs> I'm Raj, and um, here is a bonus for the Extras. Josh Charles making his debut. That's right. Welcome. We should have a Thank bit you. of a celebration or something, <laughs> cake or something. Here. Yeah, we've got some streamers. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it was good, and it was lovely to preach um, alongside you on Hebrews 9. On the weekends, um, that was really great. Got to speak at afternoon church in North Rocks um, while you took the rest. Yeah, and uh, it was really good. Yeah, good on you, Josh. So, look, we we actually you you tackled just the first half of Hebrews nine. Mm. I was slightly more ambitious and went through all of Hebrews nine. Very. Um, but but let's just start with you. What what was sort of the main gist of the first half of Hebrews nine? Yeah, so the big idea to kind of come away with was that Jesus is the better solution to our huge problem of sin and guilt. That was off the back of Richard Dawkins um, wondering why, why do we do it? Sorry, not why do we do it? Why did God do it like this? Why did God forgive us through this specific means of Jesus' death and his resurrection? So we tackled that in Hebrews 9 and particularly saw um, that sin is serious and then we're not to take sin lightly, but to feel the weight of that, but not to be stuck feeling the weight of that, to feel that lifted and go from that low place of um, yeah, feeling that weight to what an incredible joy it is to be freed from guilt and shame and sin by Jesus. And it was really wonderful. Yeah, well done, Josh. That's great. Look, for me, in looking at all of Hebrews 9, very, very similar as one may expect. I think I was trying to pick up on the idea of sacrifice and blood. I shared the prominence of the term blood in Hebrews 9 12 times the term blood used in Hebrews 9 more than any other place in the New Testament and the only other chapter in the whole of the Bible that talks more about blood was Leviticus. Um, I have chapter 16 in my head um, uh, with 13 times. So so really that is quite a prominent kind of theme because sacrifice is important. Sacrifice is important because sin has significant consequences that Jesus came to sacrifice himself for and shed his blood. So, yeah, in a nutshell, that's where I went. But, Josh, let's get into these questions. For sure. We had four, so not an enormous amount, which is nice. Yeah, it must have been clear. Um, let's go with that. <laughs> our first one that says, Hebrews 8, 5 and 9, 24, indicate that the earthly tabernacle was a copy of the heavenly one, even down to the, quote, articles. Was the heavenly version used slash functional from a sacrifice perspective in the Old Testament, or was it purely for Christ to enter once for all at the change of the covenants? Yeah. So it's, I think I think what this question is getting at is was um, the, the the heavenly tabernacle is the ultimate one. Was it ever supposed to be used in a similar way to the Old Testament, where maybe you bring sacrifices over and over, or whatever it might be specifically. Um, and I think the thing we see, um, particularly from uh, Hebrews 9, verse 8, it says, The Holy Spirit was showing that by, uh, by this, that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. So that's this earthly tabernacle that the people used at the time. So this was never supposed to be the final solution in and of itself, and so even in heaven, there was never supposed to be a way that, I don't know, sacrifice was given many, many different times, or they had to set up, I don't know, set up heaven in the right specific way. It was always supposed to be for Jesus, even before the first tabernacle was around. Um, and Jesus, in fact, is the one that clears the guilt and sin for even 
those who trusted God in the Old Testament. Um, we see the ways that God is very merciful and gracious, that even though um, the people, his people in the Old Testament didn't perfectly keep his covenant, um, he still kept up his end and was generous in letting them have um, try after try after try. And the only reason he could do that justly and rightly is because of Jesus' later sacrifice um, that we saw in here. And so ultimately, the heavenly tabernacle was only for Jesus once for all to pay the price of sin forever. Yeah. yeah. Great answer, Josh. Um, uh, Hebrews chapter 9, I think the end of verse four, uh, 11, uh, 10, sorry, external regulations applying until the time of the new order. Mm-hmm. Jesus brings about the new order. And so it, they really are quite different levels. Mm-hmm. The old covenant, the Old Testament sacrificial system. And what you said, spot on, you know, this is there for us Mm. so that we might understand the pattern. I might just add Romans chapter 3 puts it as clearly as this. Um, It talks about, so Romans 3 verse 25, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood, there's that term again, to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. And so it always really was God's plan for the new covenant for Jesus to be the one once for all, as you talked about, to deal with sin, um, which is really a very different scale and proposition to the Old Testament covenant. Absolutely. And what a wonderful thing it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this um, this probably leads us to the second question, um, which is a bit more of kind of a practical question. It says, since it was very difficult to enter the most holy place, how did the Israelites pack up the tabernacle to move it without dying? Um, which is, yeah, I don't know, we were chatting before, and this is not something that either of us have thought about much before. It flew through my mind on Sunday. Um, but yeah, fair enough. If it's such a holy place to get into, how did they pack it up and move it? Um, and I think there's, uh, I mean, if you'd like to look further into this, Numbers um, chapters 1 through 4 and also 7 to 10 goes into great detail about how they actually went about this. Um, But I guess some things to mention are that, for one thing, just as um, God descended into the most holy place when the tabernacle was set up, um, he can also ascend back out of it. And so when they were packing it up in the same way, uh, well, when it was time to pack up, he didn't dwell in the place in the same way that he did when the cover, when the curtains were there and everything was all set up in these perfect ways. Um, and on top of that, we see in the Numbers chapters 1 through 4 and 7 to 10 that they had very specific ways they were supposed to pack it up, different things they were supposed to cover up as well. If you remember, they're not supposed to touch the Ark of the Covenant, otherwise they would die. And all these different things they had to do to kind of cover things up and be very, very careful because it is such a sacred and holy place because God is such a holy God. Um, and so those are some of the ways that they then practically packed it up and moved it along. Is there anything you'd add to that, Raj? No, I think that's that's excellent, Josh. Um, it, it all just points us back to the, you know, significance of the most holy place. I was just thinking as you, you know, went through um, those references and those principles, um, it really was very important that people understood the nature of the most holy place. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so um, the third question, which I think you'll tackle first, Raj, is so how do we answer the question, 
if God always intended for there to be a better way, that better way being Jesus, why didn't he do that first? So I think it's a very reasonable and, and deep question. It's a great question. And um, one could ask the same, a very similar question in relation to why is the Old Testament given? Why didn't Jesus come much earlier on? And, and that really, I find it's quite overwhelming actually. God went through um, human history as he did to lay down principles and patterns so that we would understand. Mm. And in seeing Israel's continual failure, we understand that people could not approach God um, because sin just kept getting in the way. Mm. And I think we saw a lot of this in the previous chapter, chapter 8, when it talks about the new covenant. And uh, it talks about Jesus being that person. And it just got to a place, it's quoting Jeremiah 31 in Hebrews 8 from verse 8, second half. Um, uh, after this continual pattern of failure, we see that through the prophet Jeremiah, it says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. Um, it will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. And it goes on. And so in, in, in looking at the failure of the Old Testament people of Israel, I think, well, this is the point of the Bible, it helps us appreciate what God has done and prepare, prepares the way for Jesus. Mm. We have the categories of purity, of impurity. Um, we have the categories of blood being required to make impure people clean, which is what we saw in Hebrews 9. Uh, and you can, we can just gain this appreciation that in the coming of Jesus, who also the great the greater um, Melchizedekian high priest who lives forever, mm. we can see all of those different things come together mm. in a very powerful way. Mm. Without having the background knowledge, we just wouldn't be able to put it together. Yeah, yeah. Can you yeah. imagine if Jesus, uh, God just sent Jesus down? He's like, "Hey guys, no context, but you know you're going to kill me on the cross, and this is going to be a sacrifice for sin, and it's going to clear your sin and guilt, and it's going to be amazing." Like, if you were to tell that to someone who's not a Christian, they'd be like. Okay, but like, what's the problem? Why is this solution? You'd have a million different questions, and yet God, I think, as you're saying, um, generously thinks of us um, when He thinks about His gift of salvation in Jesus, and shows this um, through the Old Testament and sets it all up so we can understand it. And what a wonderful thing! Like the ways we see the prophecies fulfilled from the Old Testament now in Jesus, it's one of the reasons why I trust the Bible. Um, that God worked through history in such an amazing way that I don't think it would be possible for humans to make up and, and you know, figure out along the way. And even verse 26 in <coughs> chapter 9 says, But he, Christ, has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin uh, by the sacrifice of himself. If there was no age beforehand, if God had just skipped straight to um, Jesus, we wouldn't even have that. It wouldn't be the culmination. It would just be... I guess the start um so yeah god had us in mind and it's for our own sake i think in a lot of ways that he did it this way yes yeah, right. wonderful yeah yeah and um the last question we have um is particularly delving into blood and its importance um, they say i know blood is important but why is god using blood for cleansing it's a great question yeah, so blood, um, as I said before, in Hebrews 9, term used 12 times. And really, it, it 
the significance of that is to get us understanding sacrifice that was so intrinsic to Old Testament sacrifices. Um, and so cleansing, in fact, I just talked about this a moment ago. We learn, we see in the Old Testament sacrificial system that blood was needed to allow impure people to approach God. Um, that's what it means by cleansing, mm. by being able to approach God with a, with a pure heart and having impurity removed. Mm. And the significance of blood, um, it's really getting us to think about sacrifice. It's the same thing Jesus talked about at the Last Supper. This is my blood shed for you. And that, of course, is talking about his sacrifice on the cross. His sacrifice on the cross means we, as impure people, can be made pure. We can be cleansed. Um, in fact, there was a reference to that as well that um, I didn't have time to talk too much about in Hebrews 9. Um, and, and that means our sin can be dealt with. That means we can approach God. So... I know we often don't think of, you know, blood, something red, making something white. Although, you know, there's, there's illustrations you can do to have chemicals demonstrate exactly that. Um, but, of course, what God's trying to do is trying to help us understand um, what those things represent and how they work. Impurity, impure people becoming pure means we can approach God. It's a high price. High price. Thank you, Raj. Yeah, and thanks, Josh. Great to have you on this little, you know, a bonus for the extras. <laughs> That's um, right. Um, we're slightly into a bonus episode. It's an usual kind of episode. <laughs> um, and as Josh said before, we had these questions come in today. We've been able to talk about them all today. So thank you very much for putting them in, even though we didn't have a live Q and A in our congregations this week because we were celebrating communion. And thankful for Peter Baker to schedule that on on such an appropriate part of God's word when we're looking into his blood. Um, this week coming, we're coming into Hebrews 10. I'm so excited to come into Hebrews 10 and we're going to be focusing very much on verses 19 to 25 and it will be Peter Baker and myself preaching in different places this week. And I think Hebrews 10 is an incredibly important chapter for all of us. Um, Hebrews 10 from verse 19 starts with the word, Therefore... Um, and what is, as Sam Chan said last night, what is there, therefore, therefore, we move into implications territory, having 10 chapters of Hebrews talking about the problem of taking your eyes off Jesus. Now we're going to come into, um, okay, we have Jesus, the greater one. His sacrifice is greater. He's greater in every respect. What does it mean? Mm. And we're going to talk about some pretty huge things, some pretty pertinent things, some things we find very difficult. Um, I'm not going to go on to it now because I want to encourage you all to be at church in different congregations this week. And if you can't come to your congregation, why not come to a different one? Mm. Is one of the things I'm going to be exploring this week as well. So, Josh, thanks for joining us here on the Extras this, this week. Um, thanks for preaching the Word of God um, at North Rocks and Afternoon Church last week. And we certainly look forward to seeing how the Lord uses you in the future to serve this people. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week.